Welcome to the Move Well podcast. Uh, you are listening to myself, Connor, and co-host Hannah. We are McElwain Injury Management. Uh, I myself run the clinical side of things where I treat, rehabilitate, and uh, assess all injuries. And I work with lymphatics. And Hannah runs the exercise uh, side of things where she has online exercise classes that are specifically tailored to um, postpartum women with a big emphasis placed on pelvic floor and pelvic floor function. So uh, without further ado, we're going to get straight into today's podcast. Um, So it's going to be about the core um, and the uh, importance of core. So uh, just to give you a little bit of a a brief background or an understanding of the core, uh, most people just think that it's your sex pack. Mm So we're here to um, debunk that myth. So Hannah, what would you say would be um, a really simple way of of describing the core uh, in terms of its uh, makeup? I think people actually misunderstand what the core is. So, like you said, they do think that it is just a six pack and that, you know, the strength of your core depends on how visible that six pack is. But it's actually not important at all how visible it is as to how strong it can be. But the most important thing to be aware of is the actual anatomy of it. So, the core doesn't just pertain to your, um, the, the abs at the front you've got. The diaphragm, the glutes, and the pelvic floor muscles, um, and then of course the obliques at the side as well. So it really is kind of a. There are a lot more muscles to it than people are aware of. So you could almost say that it's like a chamber that protects mm-hmm. your organs. So yeah. that there's there's the sides, like you said. There's the front. There's the back, and the bottom, and the top. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I think the main thing to um be aware of is that when one of those uh, sides or the top or bottom isn't working properly um, it can affect the function of them all um, so that's where yourself in terms of your pelvic floor speciality that's where you would uh, place a large emphasis on so can you like what what do you think would be um, one of the most common things you'd see in terms of like core dysfunction from a day-to-day basis um I think the biggest thing that you come across um, from a, an exercise point of view is that people don't actually, they might have a strong core, but they don't actually know how to use it. Um, and it's really connecting with the core to use it properly during exercise, the main way mm. to train it. Like, because if you, you, you know, if there's a disconnect there, you can't actually train it properly. Mm. So it's about engaging it throughout the entire time you're exercising to get the maximum benefit from what you're doing. Because you could spend a half an hour exercising, but if you're not actually using your core correctly, you're not training it properly, so you've lost out. Okay, so without giving too much away, because obviously that's your bread and butter, like, how would you say, so often people hear, like, you know, engage your core, and be aware of how that your core is engaged as you're moving, and sometimes, sometimes I find that when I'm working with clients, people don't even know what that means. So how would you go about describing that? Like, how do you engage your core properly? Well, it's not about kind of like, you know, choosing to go for a walk and keeping your, your tummy pulled in for the entire time because tension in the core doesn't necessarily equal to strength either. So it's about 
It's about having a conscious control over your core that you can manipulate it in ways that, you know, if you want to pull it in, that you can under that control. Um, but it's also about relaxing it. So if you don't fully relax the core, you can't fully engage the core. So it's about just having that conscious control over the muscles while you exercise. Yeah. Um, but certainly not keeping it pulled in because I think that's more an aesthetic thing rather yeah. than you know a functional thing. So that's important to remember. Yeah, so like a, a, an easier example of that in terms of like muscle anatomy, it's like if you were to say, um, if you constantly... Uh, contracted your bicep mm -hmm. and then try to go through the whole range of the arm or the elbow movement then if you're if you're constantly contracting your bicep you're not going to be able to do that properly yeah well so, you couldn't do anything during the day with your arm really yeah because your arm <laughs> would be locked into like you know your elbow would be bent mm -hmm. so that's the same thing if you don't have yeah. that relaxation you can't go through the full range that the core has to go through mm -hmm. and so you won't have proper function uh, which is a big thing so um before we go into the actual pelvic floor and, uh, and, the, and the effects that it can have, we'll just briefly talk about the diaphragm and the importance of it. So I myself have a massive interest in this. I know you do as well. Um, it's something that I would look at in terms of basic uh, workings. Um, so when someone comes into me with, say, the likes of back pain, which is so common, um, I would always look at breathing and their ability to actually breathe. So diaphragm is a big one where if you're constantly mouth breathing, it's uh, generally working like the upper diaphragm. Mm -hmm. So you're going through a very small range, you know, shallow breath. You're not getting the full, um, the full range of the diaphragm there. And so, you know, obviously, like we talked about before, once you try to reduce the range, you're not getting the full um, strength of your core. Mm -hmm. So um, a simple thing that I would always do uh, in terms of diaphragm would be to try and nose breathe on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So not only as you exercise or even move, but just as you're sitting. So um, here's me mouth breathing. But uh, <laughs> as, you, as you say, uh, for a simple example would be when you're out walking to try and nose breathe, which will help to try and control that diaphragm. Yeah. So your core will be engaged as you walk without you trying to actively engage your core. It is It is one of the most important ways to train core properly is to connect your breath with the function of the muscles. So it's more brain training than actual mm. core training. Absolutely. Um, and knowing when and when not to engage, um, when to relax, when to contract. And it is, it's a learning experience. So like there's the exercise part of it, but there's also being body aware and actually knowing, right, okay, it's really, it's really important and integral to the exercise that I maintain that tension. But yeah. it is tension. It's not a full, you know, pulling in at the waist kind of a... Sucking. Yeah, that yeah. so many people talk about. And and very often you do see it. Like if, you, if anybody's done um, online exercise classes, it's kind of suck it in, pull it in. They're the kind of common um, phrases, yeah, yeah, that would be used. But that's not fully explaining what's actually going on when you do that. Mm. So um, it's just I, I hope that through the you know the work that we do in the classes that people do learn that because um, that's the most important thing that I'd like them to take from the class. Absolutely, and just to expand on the point that you made there. Uh, again, you're talking about. Um, 
something that I would commonly see in the clinic, low back pain patient in particular, that's a big one for actual core function, but um, you're talking about holding your breath as you do movements, never mind exercise, but just daily movements. Yeah. So a big one that I find is as you go to sit down in a chair, you're holding your breath. As they go to put on their socks in the morning, they're holding the breath. They get into the car, they're holding the breath. All those things. So it's, it's a big um, cheat mechanism that people have. Mm -hmm. So when you hold your breath, you're actually um, increasing the pressure inside, which pushes against the core from the inside rather than the core being drawn in. So it's basically, without going into the science of it, it's just cheating. So you're using the the pressure that you build up from holding your breath inside yeah. your lungs yeah, and that, to have proper functional control. That can have a negative effect um, on so many things over a long period of time. Absolutely. And it can lead to lots of different problems that, you know, it's not just postpartum women that would suffer with, you know, certain issues like hemorrhoids or um, diastasis recti, all of those different issues that yes postpartum women um suffer with but also just you know if anyone's ever carried extra weight in their life or if anyone's engaged in manual labor that you know they lift heavy stuff all the time it's really important to know how to tap into your core using your breath mm -hmm. um and it's such a massive skill to learn because once you've got it then you've got it now that doesn't mean to say that you're going to use it every single day because stress can interfere with it mm -hmm um just being under you know a little bit of a little bit more physical pressure than you're used to mm. then that can kind of call it into question but it's it's such a massive benefit to have yeah once it becomes habitual movement mm. then it's you don't have to think about it yeah exactly mm -hmm. it does it does become second nature and then it's actually using it in every class like when you can put it into practice with a little bit more physical pressure like during your exercise class initially you might find that you're not as kind of fast or as as maybe lifting as much weight mm. to start off with but the body loves it yeah. it loves to be able to breathe properly get the oxygen in so it's going to reward you for doing it yeah so just to talk about the effects before we go back into the, the delving into the, the functions of the core again mm -hmm. uh, let's talk about the effects of of stress of cortisol and, and breath so the actual effect that breath can sorry the, the way that breathing properly can reduce our stress so i know that when you hold your breath for instance you are um, increasing the pressure within the body which will put uh, more pre like you will have an increase in your blood pressure then albeit small amounts if you're only doing it daily but if you say you go and lift something heavy and you hold your breath as you do it you will have a, a spike in blood pressure so a spike in blood pressure will immediately uh, elicit a response in cortisol, which is the stress hormone. So if you're constantly going around holding your breath, lifting something or small things or, you know, mm -hmm. having that habitual kind of movement, you will have small spikes in cortisol throughout the day. And we both know that when you have spikes in cortisol, um, when you have a, an elevated cortisol for a long period of time, the body really struggles. Mm -hmm. So, can you can you expand <laughs> on think, that? Like? I think people know that from COVID nineteen. Absolutely. But, um, yeah. So, so there are times where cortisol is is a very beneficial hormone to have. Yeah. Um, of course, in it's the morning. Yeah, like first thing in the morning, you know, it's that kind of kickstart to your day. As soon as your alarm goes off, um, 
it will start coursing and you'll start producing it. But and that's you know gets you out of the bed. But that's a natural yeah. thing. Yeah. But it's it's not something that you want to have a lot of all of the time because mm. it is detrimental to health. And I think across a lot of different health issues, whether it's a systemic illness or an injury, um, it can contribute to the development of both. So it's very important that you have tools yourself to be able to reduce that um, level of cortisol. Mm. I mean, it's that, it's that hormone that's, you know, related to um adrenaline and how if you're in a situation that you're not necessarily comfortable to be in or you feel a little bit under pressure the cortisol is is the little guy that pokes his head so it's you know your breathing is the one thing that can tone that down for you and bring mm. you back down to kind of you know take your head out of the clouds and settle you a little bit mm. um and i mean again bring bringing it back to a pregnant lady like she depends on her breath to get her through you know some of those those pains that she would be feeling um and it keeps her calm and it keeps her gets her onto that next stage so i think breathing is like something that i think nowadays is really focused on yeah um through you know meditation or um just trying to trying to relax people are a lot more aware of that nowadays that it's mm-hmm. a necessary thing to do but i don't think many people know actually how to do it effectively yeah um and what it takes so like i mean it's something that really should be talked about more often yeah yeah so just to um briefly touch on something that we spoke about the last day together and we might do another podcast on cortisol separate to this mm-hmm. but i just want to expand on a point that i thought was is very interesting was um how the cortisol that is in the body is stored and then once the body goes into a state of cleansing and tries to get rid of the like detoxifying, um, it can uh, elicit the emotional responses that have been uh, linked with that period of time of stress. So um, you will have much more of an insight and, and an interest in the emotional side of the, of the being, well, expertise, I would say. So what, what can, you, can you expand on any of that for me there? Yeah, so adrenaline is usually released when there is, you know, a difficult situation at hand. Um, and again, I bring it back to like the current situation where people aren't getting to see family members. Um, it's kind of upside down, isn't it? So it's it's very um, likely that lots of people will be dealing with adrenaline from day to day where they want to out of the situation they're in, but they can't necessarily achieve that right now. So you've got... Adrenaline. Sorry, just to interject there, so you're talking about adrenaline and cortisol, so can you make the link between them for people? Um, so adrenaline will be the thing that's released when you're kind of like, right, fight or flight. It's commonly known as that hormone, um, whereas cortisol is something that would be released like as, lo- as long as you're kind of operating outside of a comfortable um, zone, energy-wise, um, in terms of like the general vibe that you're in, if that's if that's inside your comfort zone, then you're going to have those hormones at play, and they can interfere with, um, you know, whatever other hormonal status you have, and, and basically just muddle things up in terms of your general health. So they're pretty much like best friends when it comes to hormones. <laughs> they're like yeah, well, hand in hand. Yeah, and and they're best friends, but there are arch nemesis really. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so 
so as long as adrenaline's going around the body, you've got a problem because it interferes with, you know, appetite, it interferes with um, your proper sleep cycle, it can interfere with um, menstrual cycle, it can it can interfere with so many different areas of mm-hmm. general health. Um, and then, of course, it can interfere with relationships and your work. So it, yeah, your it is, like emotional status. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is something that should be managed um, from a day-to-day basis. But again, people need to know how to address it. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the emotional side of things, anytime anyone's gone through like a, an emotional um, or traumatic situation, they're going to have adrenaline involved. Very often it's kind of that fuel source that will get you out of that um, traumatic situation to a point where you can start to recover. Because whenever you go through that traumatic situation, it's going to have, uh, you know, take a toll on, on your body and on, on your mind. So there's then going to be a recovery period after when that adrenaline cortisol dies down. So that's, that could be linked back to when people say, you know, they go through a rough period in their life and people would look on at them and say, you know, that person's aged, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. That could be, that's, that's, that's a very a typical one. symptom. I mean, I've spoken to people, um recently enough and like lots of them have said that you know the, the the lockdown situation has aged them um and i mean when you unpack what that actually means it's a case of like their body and their mind are struggling mm, so that's burdened. going to be yeah that's going to be physically expressed mm. on their face and in different ways maybe they're not sleeping well and mm. the tiredness is catching up all those things and mm. um, but it is very important to take that kind of approach to most things where you're saying it's not directly one thing that pertains to health. Yeah. Health is broken into such, Absolutely. you know, there's multidiscipline, um, multidisciplines that, that are involved and that is an important um, thing to remember. Yeah. But I still haven't got back to what I was talking about with the, <laughs> with the trauma and it being stored in the body. So when you have adrenaline coursing in the body and say, for example, someone's um, loved one passes away and you've got the adrenaline that is... Um, related to that particular trauma yeah. well when you as that happens that adrenaline is seen as like a, a natural kind of toxin in the body for want of a better description and it's one that you produce yourself and stored yeah and so that becomes stored right so that will eventually end up it'll take the necessary channels through the body and then it will end up in your lymphatic system to be gotten rid of um, through those elimination processes um, and as if that doesn't happen and it's stored up you know if you have a bombardment in the body of of different toxins that will take longer to eliminate right because they kind of build up and then there's a cue for for the exit then you're thinking okay well that's going to be in there for a considerable amount of time and it also depends on the general health of the person whether they you know have a clean diet whether they exercise and move all those different things hydration Mm -hmm. um but as as it gets to a stage where a person, um, maybe they do clean up. So say after COVID, so many different people are talking about like the COVID stone, the fact that maybe they, they have been comfort eating or whatever it is. So the comfort eating going along with the trauma, that means that the body's kind of in a poor state of health, right? Mm-hmm. Which look... Very and, common. Yeah, and people are going to lean on things during a difficult time. Mm-hmm. But as people t- start to tidy up, um, their lifestyle afterwards hopefully that that is reality that they can actually say right okay I'm gonna I'm gonna drink more water I'm gonna move more and eventually they will start to get rid of all those toxins that built up during that time mm-hmm. well as they do get to that stage where they detox and they come across 
in that queue they come across that particular um dumping of adrenaline that got them through that traumatic experience they can feel some of the hurt or some of the emotion that was attached with that experience because it's that actual adrenaline that they're filtering through at that time so it's so like the body and brain labels that particular um that particular dumping of adrenaline and you know say you know that was that was actually when my loved one passed away and so mm. that emotion can be dragged up again and that's an important thing to be aware of um because it, it could be enough to kind of deter the person from continuing on that that path of kind of trying to be healthier and mm. um, but if you if you're aware and you can expect this is not going to be easy well then you're kind of prepared in, in a way that you know certain things will be dragged up absolutely having an understanding definitely helps yep so uh, finally, to finish up with the emotional side of things on the core, um, I just wanted to mention one more thing. So it was the fact that um, it sort of links into you, your expertise a little bit with the postpartum. It's talking about like the embryo. And mm -hmm. so if you think about the embryo, um, how it develops is where, uh, so the very beginning of the embryo, develops at the begin at the joint with the um, umbilical cord mm -hmm. and so that is our belly button yeah so that's our core is where we are actually formed from in the physical sense so uh, without getting too sciencey on it uh, basically everything that we are stems from the center of our body which is our core and so that's why you have you know, people say, oh, I've got an upset tummy or um, my gut is like my weak point or my kidneys are my weak point or, you know, generally it's those 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 organs that are deep that harbor emotion and that can, when we don't deal with emotion properly, that's generally where it's housed. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just wanted to talk briefly on that um, in terms of the link with emotion and um, uh, it's not so much the core, but it's like the core area what the core houses and all those organs so we're not going to get into too much because there's definitely another podcast <laughs> uh, but we'll just i just wanted to mention that briefly in passing so finally um let's talk about um the uh, actual training um that would uh that you would recommend for someone uh, so I'll talk about the uh, performance side of things and maybe yeah. you can talk about the postpartum side of things. Yeah. So if you want to just highlight something like the common things that you see and then maybe um, how you deal with the postpartum. So the main thing I think um, that a lot of pregnant ladies would experience, well all pregnant ladies would experience, um, is the fact that at a certain point during pregnancy you do feel the core disengage, right? So that's the the um the hormone relaxant at the start of pregnancy will um be quite high to allow the muscles to relax and to expand to make space for the baby as it develops um and then kind of coming into the second trimester you'll have a tightening up again slightly to to then a kind of like support support the bump um and then again towards the end relaxing goes up to relax to allow the delivery of the baby um, but the most important thing kind of throughout that time is is to try and remain strong so that you do avoid a lot of the injuries or potential injuries that can come with um, pregnancy. So like I think one of the most common ones is 
you know, would be diastasis recti. And I have worked with some ladies who've had it and they have had positive outcomes. Um, now, some are obviously worse than others. And it all depends on kind of the size of your baby, whether you've maintained strength, whether you were strong beforehand. Your health status. Your health status, your hydration status. Um, there are a lot of different factors to it. So it's not just a case of I do my exercise, I'm strong, I won't get diastasis recti. Mm-hmm. But it is about taking you know a, a holistic approach as always. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the main thread that runs throughout all the topics we'll be talking about in the um, podcast is taking a holistic approach to that. Mm-hmm. You can cover as many bases as possible to move closer to a positive outcome. Um, so following, following the delivery of the baby then, some women, um, now I, I wasn't personally checked for it. Thankfully, I didn't have it, but um, not everyone is tested for a diastasis recti. I think it's important that most pre- like pregnant women do ask to be assessed for it, mm. um, even before they leave the hospital because... After delivering, obviously. Yeah, after delivering, but to ask you know, a midwife or the physio, because I know a physio might go around the wards or, or whatever's happening now. I'm not sure if that's happening, but... In the normal yeah. run of the mill, um, and just it's not a difficult test to do. It takes a few seconds, um, but it does give you that information. Do I have it? Do I not? And then to take the necessary channels to get it seen to as soon as possible. Um, so diastasis recti is basically a split between the two abdominal strap-like muscles at the front of the core. Your and, six pack. Yeah, your six pack. You certainly don't have a six pack after having a baby, but <laughs> <laughs> so. Everybody's will separate um, naturally, but there is like a fascial connection, which I know you'll talk more about in a different podcast, but that's basically like a little mesh between the two muscles that will naturally stretch <coughs> apart anyway. Um, and in every pregnant woman, they will stretch apart slightly, but you won't have a big massive split, right? So you're talking about anywhere from like kind of two to three fingers up um, is, is needs attention. So by two to three fingers, what do you mean by that? So say if you put your kind of your three, so your index, your middle and your ring finger together and you lay them flat on your tummy and, you know, two or three of them fit into that space between the two um, lines of muscles, that that would kind of indicate that you need, you know, to work on that particular area a little bit more than just someone who didn't have that split. Mm. So, and it's always... Like I wouldn't be encouraging people to self-diagnose it. I would get it seen by you know a, a therapist of some kind, um, and like if it if the physio is willing to do it, then happy days. But, um, it is necessary to start working on that straight away. Now, lots of people will say you know don't start working on your on your body before um the six week mark, and definitely I would agree with that in terms of the the heavier kind of exercise. But deep breathing is something that is really, really useful in the early stages of um, recovery after delivery because, again, you're getting back into that um, mode of being able to consciously contract your core after, what, seven, eight months of not being able to contract mm. it properly. So there's, there's like you, it's almost like you've forgotten how to do it and then there's that relearning period after. So And that can be quite challenging for a lot of women because they're not only trying to get to grips with this new little baby but they're also trying to you know get back into a regular routine of exercise they're Mm -hmm. also tired like there's so much going on in that 
and I've heard it more recently described as the fourth trimester and I think I definitely agree with that. Um, so because there is so much going on it can often go um, undiagnosed, un undiagnosed mm -hmm. and sometimes even just not tended to because people think I shouldn't be exercising. But there is a lot that can be done within that, you know, first few weeks um, and in a relaxed manner, like not energy expenditure because you don't have the energy to give. But. Of course. So just briefly before we move on, can you give us like, and obviously I know every single person's individual and you can't just say, you know, a grab all kind of exercise, but even just something like you touched on breathing yeah so just give us a, an example of a breathing technique that you would use in the first six weeks postpartum that could like help someone in that situation yeah so i remember when i was doing it myself actually it was you who encouraged me to actually start breathing um and i remember sitting on the couch and i was probably just after feeding the baby and i was like no like all i want to do is go sleep don't mm -hmm. ask me to do things mm -hmm. <laughs> then as soon as I started to do it like you can almost feel it it's like healing from the inside out so again it comes back to the fascia that's actually related to the muscles mm -hmm. and you can't work directly on the muscles yet because they're still swelling and they're still like healing yeah a disorder mm -hmm. to them yeah of course um so your breathing is the one thing that can kind of help you to get working on that from the inside so the fascia is the first thing to to tighten and then the muscles will follow that mm. um but Something as simple as sitting on the couch, closing your eyes, taking a deep breath in through the nose and then slowly out through the nose. So like a four second breath in and then a seven second breath out can help you, your brain remember first and, and foremost how to actually breathe and contract the core. And then of course for those muscles to get the, the practice again mm -hmm. of um, of just that simple movement. And it's like, it's something that you think comes to you so naturally but then during that time you forget because it's not something you've done for months. Mm. Um, and <laughs> I think when you know that you can start actively working on it, it makes you as a mother feel a little bit better about the fact that you're doing something to get you to that next stage because you do want to be up and at it as quick as you can. Of course, of course. So like it's definitely, you would say, one of the most important things to do in terms of self-care mm. postpartum yeah yeah so obviously then with time depending on the delivery and the you know how traumatic it was if it was traumatic yep. um you're talking about the walking and all that introduction to those kinds of things um but both of us would definitely be of the same mindset there where you do need some kind of an input in terms of if you don't have an exercise background to guide you even just to guide you through it and say like Okay, it's definitely safe to walk now, mm -hmm. um, but also just to listen to your body and be mindful of the fact that, listen, you know, although you had a baby, you're built for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not a case if you have to wrap yourself up in cotton wool. No, and it, like, like you said, it will depend on what your experience has been mm. um, because not everybody's delivery and, and experience of that is the same. The same, yeah. yeah. And just, just to be, I think the most important thing at the start is, yeah, like definitely do your best, but also just to be mindful of, how much rest you actually do need yeah but i think the breath the breathing technique is the one thing that actually will help to relax you mm. and get that sleep that you do need because the sleep is is where the recovery comes yeah so just to go to sort of tie it together there mm. pardon the pun but if we <laughs> yeah. say breathing not only helps to strengthen the core but it also helps to reduce the cortisol yeah. which can often happen with you know lack of sleep and you baby you don't know what's going to happen so there's lots of benefits to actually breathing which we will go into in the future for sure, but 
it's it's um there's lots of exciting things to talk about. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, just in, to, to to finish with that, you do have a um really grab all with the breathing, don't you? Like it really yeah. does um It's conscious breathing though. It's yeah. it's been able to breathe like properly and that might sound like a silly thing to say, but mm. it's it's something that comes most naturally to us mm-hmm. yet it can be something that gets us into real trouble if we don't, don't yeah. notice um bad you habits know, yeah bad yeah. habits the one thing that i want to say before we finish up is that with um diastasis recti it's really finding it at the right time is where you'll get the best outcome right so if you don't find out for months or years that you've had that particular injury post-pregnancy even 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 out of pregnancy yeah. Just a, like I say, a man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they can suffer just as much as postpartum women can. Yeah. I mean, it is a very difficult um, injury to manage um, when, it's, when it's not seen to. But the exercises that you can do for it, like really, really, they have great outcomes. And um, the two ladies that I worked with in particular had brilliant outcomes where, you know, they, they got it almost completely closed. Um, and with that comes comes really good function. Mm-hmm. So look, your tummy's never going to be the same as it was after having a baby, but you can get it very, very close to that mm-hmm. with the right exercise. Absolutely. Okay, so um so if you do have any injury um uh, injuries that you need seen to, definitely get in touch with us. We're available at macawayinjurymanagement.com. Um, we have um, our Instagram page, macawayinjurymanagement, and a Facebook page, macawayinjurymanagement. So um, if you want to log on to our website, that's probably like, the best place to find us in terms of what we provide. So you can click on to the clinic and it shows you all the um, treatments that we do. And then you can also click on to the exercise classes. Um, we have testimonials on there, people giving feedback, and we have um, a description of like, you know, the timetables, all the kind of things. Uh, but also I'd say the main thing that to do if you are interested uh, would be to get in touch with Hannah or myself um, and we can guide you as to where we feel would be best. Mm-hmm. Um, but definitely don't go um, unchecked uh, if you're a, if you're a postpartum uh, woman um, and you feel you do have something lingering there uh, or you just want that peace of mind yeah. it's definitely best to um, really quick checkup and uh, depending on your actual status you could it could be a month rehab um, or it could be a bit of a longer process but getting it seen to will mean that not only you could reduce the likelihood of complications if you have any further pregnancies mm-hmm. but just in terms of function so you don't have you know an absolute six seven years plagued with back pain trying yeah. to lift the child yeah you know? because that is one of the main things isn't it yeah back we, what do they say back, back sore weak core. Core. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so we'll leave it on that perfect um like i said get in touch and thanks very much for listening thanks guys